In this bulletin, police to allow protests at George Pell's funeral. Alan Tudge says he was not responsible for robo-debt harm and in sport, an Australian footballer defender secures a deal in the English Premier League. With the latest from the SBS newsroom, good afternoon, I'm Peggy Giacomelos. Protests are set to go forward tomorrow to coincide with Cardinal George Pell's funeral at Sydney's St Mary's Cathedral, following an attempt from the New South Wales Police Commissioner to block the protest on safety grounds. The police have reached an agreement with the organisers, the LGBTIQ plus group Community Action for Rainbow Rights, on a suitable route for protests. George Pell was convicted in 2018 of molesting two teenage boys, but the Cardinal maintained his innocence. The convictions were then overturned by the High Court in 2020. Despite this, Cardinal Pell's legacy still brings up emotion for advocates standing against institutional sexual abuse. I think that the Catholic Church, what they've done to try and hide what pedophiles have done, is an absolute disgrace. It's not just about George Pell, it's about the institution of the Catholic Church as a whole. The New South Wales government has announced a funding package for domestic violence victim survivors from diverse communities. The government has pledged $2 million for multicultural groups to provide tailored support for their communities. Minister for the Prevention of Domestic and Sexual Violence Natalie Ward says this funding is crucial to provide unique support for victim survivors of domestic violence providing particular support that is culturally appropriate, that understands the nuances of people with visa holder status concerns or language issues, uh, we will provide all of that support to help you get through this process and out the other side. Former Liberal Minister Alan Tudge says he was not responsible for checking whether or not the robo-debt scheme was legal. Mr Tudge was Human Services Minister between 2016 and 2017 when the scheme was active. The Centrelink Debt Recovery Scheme used annual t- off tax office data to calculate fortnightly earnings and automatically issue welfare debt notices. The controversial program recovered more than $750 million from over 380,000 people and led to several people taking their own lives while being pushed or pursued rather for false debts. On Wednesday, Mr Tudge told the Royal Commission into the scheme that he was only responsible for robo debt's lawful implementation. My understanding was that most of the inaccuracies occurred because individuals either um, had no opportunity to respond or found it difficult to respond to be able to provide their evidence of what they had earned in those years. And when they didn't have that opportunity to provide that evidence, then a debt was um, issued against them. That was not an accurate debt based on what they had in fact earned. Researchers have found that a more holistic approach to drug and alcohol treatment could help reduce crime rates. Academics from UNSW, Charles Sturt University, Griffith University and the University of Technology in Sydney released a report today looking at the effects of the Ted Knopf Foundation's program for adolescent life management 
on re-offending rates. The data found of the 3,000 young people in the study, those who stuck with the program for at least 30 days had an average of four fewer convictions five years after treatment compared to those who dropped out earlier. Chief investigator and co-author of the study, Associate Professor Sally Nathan, said that this approach leads to better outcomes for everyone. The general data tells us that once young people are on this kind of trajectory, they get really kind of enmeshed in that criminal justice system and it's very hard for them to get out of it. So this program is one of one approach that can kind of interrupt that pathway and really, you know, have a big impact on recidivism, which is great for the young people. They get their lives on track, but it also means a safer community. Socceroos defender Harry Sutter has become Australia's most expensive football player. The 24-year-old has signed for English Premier League side Leicester City from second-tier Stoke City for a transfer fee of $26 million. His fee eclipses the initial $14 million Huddersfield paid Manchester City for Aaron Moy in 2007. Sutter signed a five-and-a-half-year deal following an impressive World Cup campaign with the Socceroos in Qatar. He will be the only current Australian playing in the Men's Premier League. I'm Peggy Giacomelos and that's the latest from the SBS Newsroom.